Welcome to Level Up Academy, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We are expanding our podcast to business leaders and community experts who are sharing their story and adversity that each one of us experience to inspire and inform our world. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland. Today, I have a guest all the way from London. I have another London guest today. Introduce yourself to my listeners. Hey, hello, CJ, Dr. Leland. Uh, my name is Faris Aranki, and yes, I'm in London, uh, but I'm a global citizen. And uh, I am the CEO and founder of a little firm called Sheer Ghetto Consulting. Uh, which is all set up to do innovative consulting around strategy, emotional intelligence, and focus for companies and individuals. So it's a real pleasure to be with you today uh, to talk about a whole range of topics. Awesome. Amazing. So let's start the conversation with, tell me a little bit about yourself, background-wise, where you're at, we, where you started and where you're at today. So let's say about two decades, 20 years of your life. 20 years. I know I don't look old enough. Uh, <laughs> I do have two decades of experience. Yeah. And let me take you back uh, right to the start of sort of post studies, post uh, academia. Uh, and actually, my journey started off as a high school teacher. Uh, teaching internationally around the world. I used to teach uh, the two subjects that I studied, which were economics and math. Uh, so I'm sure many of your listeners are wincing when I say that. They're like, they either loved those subjects or they hated them. Uh, and that's okay, because uh, I also had a love-hate relationship with those subjects. But I really enjoyed my years teaching them. And it took me to Latin America, it took me to South Asia, it took me to the Middle East and here back in London. Uh, and it was uh, during that period that I decided to switch over to the business world. And I moved into uh, working for an energy company. So think oil and gas, think, uh, you know, water, electricity. Uh, I ended up there and I ended up doing strategy work. And I absolutely love strategy work. And that took me into the next chapter of my life, which was strategy consulting. So I was paid to be a big brain to solve difficult questions for companies uh, around the world. And after doing that for 12 years, I realized that there was something missing in the work I was doing. And that was getting people excited and buying into ideas. And that was really lacking in business, getting teams to actually coalesce around things. And so I realized I was really good at fixing that problem. So set up a company to do that. And that's what I do today, CJ. And it's a real pleasure and privilege to work with companies, big, small, um, in different countries to solve those kind of problems. I'm glad that you actually said that because I've interviewed a couple business leaders and I myself seen it for other business and also leadership in general, no matter what industry really. And, you know, when you apply for a job, you're so excited, but when you're in the job and there's lack of support, especially in leadership, I feel mm -hmm. like when you become a leader, there's, they just stop giving you support. They're like, Oh, you can do this. You've done it for a decade. You're, you're good to go. 
But what they don't understand is that onboarding for any organizations is super important, right? Because you have to integrate not only the culture of the organization, but also at least the minimum expectations. Like what are you supposed to do on a monthly, on a weekly, rather than, oh, by the way, report is due tomorrow. And you're like, what report? Yeah. What are you talking about? You know? And so when you're doing that day in and day out for month's end, you kind of lose that luster that you had at the very beginning. And I feel like that's what, from my own experience, business leaders, they have to have self-motivation. And I'm so glad that you're actually having the emotional intelligence conversation because that's something that I am very passionate about. And I know a lot of um, influencers and business leaders in LinkedIn are talking all the time. Emotional quotient, adversity quotient, right? Can you tell me a little bit about how would you coach someone, a business leader who is in the education industry or even as an entrepreneur, a small business? How do you keep keep your inspiration going? Well, I mean, yeah, that's a great question. Fantastic. And I think we we could talk for many hours on this, but uh, how do you keep the inspiration? I think it, it comes down to several factors, right? If you think about emotional intelligence, it's uh, part of it is what do you do for yourself? And the other part is what are you doing with others? Okay, so let's start with the self. Uh, you've got to keep the inspiration and the motivation going for yourself. Um, so how self-aware are you? How good are you at being in touch with your own emotions, feelings? Are you in a good mood today? Are you in a bad mood? What behaviors do you exhibit when you when you are in those two extremes? And how does that impact those around you? So it does start with the self and self-awareness and then self-management is a big factor. So helping people get more in tune, and that could be by, um, you know, giving them insights that they don't otherwise see, you know, that's the power of feedback, um, and helping them tap into uh, techniques to get them back to being a better version of themselves, and controlling some of those negative behaviors. That's where, that's a large part of it. But then let's flip it. What do you do with others? How how good are you at communicating and inspiring and motivating others? Uh, what techniques are you using? Uh, how often are you doing it? Um, and it's not just about using powerful words and, and things. Sometimes it's the opposite. It's about using simplicity, du- you know, dumbing down things, making things easier for people to understand and buy into and grab and hold and, and make their own. And sometimes it's about silence and listening and making the space for people to feel comfortable to ask stupid questions and uh, challenge what you've just said to them. And so super hard as a leader to do all these things at the same time. So it's, it's um, it, you know, it, it's not silly to need external help and get a bit of, you know, support in these areas. So what I do, uh, you know, is, is help people be aware of all the things they should be looking at, um, help them pick one or two things and give them tangible areas they can improve without trying to overload them. You know, we often try and do too much at the same time and then we're just setting ourselves up for failure. So I'd say I'd rather just fix one of these things or work on them, get nail it, and then you can move on to the next. Amazing. You're actually leading through the next questions that I have. What (laughs) traits and skills do you feel are the most important to becoming a leader? Sometimes people like, oh, I'm not there yet. Right. I, I've done all this checklist, but I'm like 30 percent there. So yeah. from your own experience and also from your business, like when you see business leaders, what are the like the core value that most often that they're use leaders? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's. I wish it was a checklist, but it's not a checklist. Life isn't a checklist, and and all for two at both ends of the spectrum. As in, you don't need to have ticked off five things to say now I'm a leader. But equally, don't get cocky when you've got ten things ticked off that you go right. I can stop being this. Right, life is about constantly. That's where the self assessment comes in. But what specifically are the skills? I think the number one skill I say to people: if you could only invest in one skill, is listening. Okay, is the ability to listen to others, create the space to listen to others and not just listen so that you can speak. Right. But listen to really understand and empathize. And that goes a long way. Then, you know, other skills of communication. Can you explain things simply and engaging? Uh, You know, take away all the jargon, take away all the complexity. And uh, it's the age old adage. Right. Uh, I wrote you a long letter because I didn't have time to write you a short letter. It is actually much more challenging to be crisp, really clear and take away confusion. So communication is a really good one. And then um, and then sort of problem solving, right? working out what tool from your bag you need to use. And that doesn't mean you have to be the expert at everything. OK, a great leader knows when to go and ask others for help and when to bring in people who know far more than them. You know, there's some great examples in history of the greatest leaders who are just about putting other people front stage and saying, actually, you are brilliant at doing this. I'm just here to get you in the right position and unleash you. So listening, communication, problem solving, um, and that kind of humility uh, and awareness, I think are are some great components of being a a fantastic leader. I want to loop back on your checklist. So (laughs) right? when people actually hire you, they're not going to gauge you out of nothing. They have a checklist like, okay, have you worked in this industry before? Have you had experience in managing people, right? Have you actually, so those are the checklists I'm talking about, like the general checklist and people are like, oh, I can do this. I'm a leader. And so those are the questions I'm thinking like, okay, if you do that, because most often people get hired because they know somebody or they're on that 30% of the checklist, right? But when they're at the job, you lack support when you become there. So I love that you have those three, four things that you've listed. Now, what does leadership look like to you in terms of like day-to-day motivation? Like how do you inspire yourself if you're a business leader right now or you're an entrepreneur and you're actually listening to this podcast? What are some of the tangible things that they can do every day? So tangible things they can do every day is is, is wide ranging, right? Uh, it, it links back to what I said. Uh, check in with yourself every day. Um, what you know? What mood are you doing? I run a team, and I, every, once a week, I ask the same question to the team. On a scale of one to ten, how much fun have you had this week? It, I could equally ask them on a scale of one to ten, how are you feeling today, right? Just to get a gauge because that that drives so much. Um, and this isn't about an absolute scale, debating whether it's about looking at your relativity. Yeah. Am I a two this week? Okay. What is that? How is that impacting what I am doing this week? So check in on yourself. Um, ask more questions. Okay. Uh, you don't know what you don't know um, because a great leader is constantly looking for lots of different ways to do stuff. Um, it's very easy to just pick the first thing that we see. Either, um, you know, it, it will end up something comes in to our inbox and we'll focus on that. But is that the right question you should be answering? So ask lots of questions. Um, and uh, and then, you know, the flip side is then look for all the different uh, people who can help you with that or the different tools and and uh, techniques that will help 
solve whatever you've identified as the right problem. Um, so I think those, those are key components that leaders could be doing every day, every week. So it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. But it's that actually putting aside that time rather than just being in a reactive mode is actually thinking through what you're doing. They say great leaders should be spending 80% of their time doing and 20% of their time thinking. Um, so are you honestly creating the space and time to do that thinking? I like that proactive because you're not reacting to a certain situations. You're actually proactive, like asking questions. How are you doing this week? Yeah. Right? What yeah. are you doing this week? And it yeah. doesn't have to be work related. Sometimes personal and especially with remote work, you know, personal and work kind of seamlessly work together. And with that conversation, remote work has the recent COVID-19 pandemic changed your way of doing business or coaching your leaders, like the leadership style that they have, or has it become more challenging? It, it has changed things. Uh, it did change things. So if uh, going into COVID, I was uh, suddenly it struck us and I, yeah, I'd worked hybridly and I'd worked remotely, but not to the extent that we, we all do now. And if you think about my world, it's very much uh, high energy. I get in front of people. I, you know, flip charts, post-its, drawing stuff, making it engaging. And I suddenly overnight when I all switched around, I was like, how am I going to do this? You know, I'm going to lose my own energy. I'm going to lose the power I have in a room to to either facilitate or train. So I thought about it and I, you know, the best thing I did was start with a blank piece of paper. Okay. The worst thing I would have done was just try and retrofit what I did into the new world. You, you know, there are, there are no right or wrongs, but actually thinking about it, stopping and thinking what you talked about and designing with the world that you have in front of you is super powerful. And you know what I discovered? I could design sessions, courses, workshops that were just as good if not better, you know, um, but actually designing them to be delivered remotely and through the power of, of, of a screen. And I know that because I would get incredible feedback. You know, I took on a new client during COVID and they asked me to run some training session. And we, I did the session based on this and I perfected some techniques. And uh, my client came back to me the day after and said, the most amazing thing happened. We got a full a five out of five score for your, your training course. We've never received a five out of five score, even in person. So how the hell did you do this? Uh, and I said, well, you know, it was it's not by chance. It was well designed, well thought through and to, to sort of overcome the barriers that lay in front of me. So definitely COVID changed things. Sounds like for the better. I think it seems to me like sometimes when you're doing in person, you're limited to your audience, to whoever can come, whereas remote literally i'm in san diego california and you're in london right so we couldn't just fly to have a podcast recording this is an amazing chance to see the other side uh, of the world and have this kind of meaningful conversation so i love that he has yeah. changed for, for good yeah, um, and, if, and, and you know just building on that cj not only is it is it location but it allows us things you actually now have let's say as a facilitator you have a mute button Right. What a powerful tool. Right. Imagine go back in time. We've all been in a meeting where we wish we could mute somebody who just got a big ego, is an extrovert, is talking a load of rubbish. Right. We actually have that tool now. In if you think about it, think about how human beings are not just who they are in that meeting. They are carrying everything about their life in. Right. The beauty of 
remote world is we get to see a bit more of their life. We get to understand what our teammates, how their life is, right? You can see right now my washing in the background. So you know that, you know, some of the human aspect of me and those connections make much better ways, uh, you know, stronger ways to work together. So um, I don't want your listeners to think hybrid is difficult. There are so many positives that we just haven't thought of that we can really use. Yeah, I think if you focus on, I think people in our brain are conditioned that if it's unknown and it's a quick change, it's bad, right? Instead of saying you got to be, like Bruce Lee said, you got to be water, right? You got to be malleable. The water goes in your cup. It's a tall glass, right? If the water goes in my cup, it's this cup that you're going to see, right? It's just, or if you put it on a plate, it just goes flat. It, it's, you have to be malleable to be able to move forward if that's something that you want. And like you said, business leaders should be continuously improving from yesterday because we can always improve. There's always every aspect of us that we can improve. So I think thinking that way, and like you said, listening most of the time and not being reactive is the key to make sure that your emotional intelligence is kicking in. Now, have you discovered, this might be a loaded question, but okay. have you discovered your purpose in life? <laughs> uh, I have discovered my purpose for this stage of my life. Y yes. Uh, I think we all have stages and, you know, it's good to always check in on your, your purpose, but that doesn't just happen, right? You've got to create the space to think and reflect. So my purpose is definitely to help teams people with their effectiveness and get get more out of uh all the inputs all right I, I love doing that personally but you know this my purpose at this stage of my life is to help others do that as much as possible um and it it really links to you know i talk about my school teaching days being a school teacher high school is one of the most privileged positions to be because if you can help a young person have an aha moment in their life you know you're going to change their life um hopefully positively but from that point on right um and you would see it in the classrooms you'd see it around the schools where you you teach a new concept or you you introduce a new behavior and then you know they're going to accelerate and it is that aha moment that i is my purpose to bring into businesses and with individuals now just in a slightly different context but that's what i enjoy and uh, i'm glad to to be able to do day in day out what about your career now that inspires you every day? And you're like, you know, I get up today and I'm going to keep going. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, what I love uh, about the career and how I've set up my career is I've taken all the elements of things that I enjoy, particularly the learning and stretching myself. So, you, you know, everything we talked about leaders challenging themselves, that is a core driver for me. Okay, I'm the kind of idiot that disrupts myself on a daily, weekly, monthly thing from stupid stuff like to this week i'm going to use my i'm right-handed i'm going to use my mouse left-handed just to to mix it up this week i'm going to do uh something completely different i'm going to learn a new skill or hobby that i've never even thought about before these are the kind of things i do bizarrely so I, what i love about my job is it puts me with people I've, and industries i've never thought about challenges i've yet to come across and it, it keeps me sharp as much as i'm helping others that's actually pretty cool. What does that inspiration, like how does that allows you to inspire others? Um, it allows me, you know, because I talk honestly about my uh, experiences and I'm not, I'm not telling people to be like me, but I'm saying find your thing 
that motivates you that you can talk about passionately. So my energy around the excitement that I get from my own life and the work that I do hopefully inspires others. That's why I love coming on podcasts like this. That's why I like engaging. I do random networking. I meet, I try and meet as many people as I can each week because even if only one person takes something from it, then just think of the multiplier effect. They will pass on to somebody else. They'll pass on to somebody else. So that's what I love and hopefully others can get from me. Yeah, I love the energy for sure. And the positivity, <laughs> I can see that. What do you think leaders can do to promote success in their teams, right? If they're like, okay, we really need to get going with our team. We have a big project coming up. What kind of tips would you provide for your business leaders that you coach? I would say um, be super clear on the objectives you need from the team, okay? Um, so there's a, there's a great quote, you know, I often tell people from Einstein, which is, if I only had an hour to save the world, I'd spend 59 minutes working out what the problem is and being really clear on that because then it's easy. So if you can have that clarity for your teams as a leader, you're gone a long way, right? And then make sure they have the skills to do whatever you've asked them to do. So give them the clarity, give them the skills, and then stand back and give them the support. Okay, that it, it is that simple, it, or it should be. And we unnecessarily complicate things by our egos saying, "I need to keep more control. I need to micromanage. I don't need, or we don't we don't give the people the right tools, and then still have the same expectations from them." Um, but if you can really be all over that and keep it that and keep. And as a leader, protect them. So stop other things from coming in and distracting them because that's that's modern life, right? Um, then you are going to be setting your team up for success. Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned actually expectations because often if you really reflect on your life and I've tried to do this on a micro level on a daily basis, yeah. is that when you, when you go to a restaurant and you know you're going to be paying high dollar, top dollar, your expectations is the ambience is calm, right? The food is wonderful or maybe above great. Yeah. And then when you actually don't, they don't meet that expectation, that's, that's when problem arise. So I'm glad that you said expectations because most people will want you to say, hey, this is the project. What is your timeline? When do you want it? What is your budget, right? So the expectations has to be there. But I'm glad you also loop it back with support because mm -hmm. people will give you a project and they have no support. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hey, Ferris, go. go. Go do this project. And you're like, well, what do you want out of it? And you're like, I don't know, figure it out. Okay, yeah. well, what kind of outcome do you want? I don't know, just make money, right? Like most people will not be that nonchalant about money and budget, but that's really what's happening with some of organizations where they don't, the expectations is set so high, but no support or so low that everyone is confused. So I'm glad you said that. Now, if you were given a chance, this is a hypothetical, but it could be real. And there's a lot of investors listening to the podcast. If you were given a chance to create a project mm. with no limitations, meaning no budget limitations, no people limitations, you can be with anybody, right? And you can have as many people that you want. What kind of project would that be? And would you like to be known for that project? Oh, well, you'd hope if you're designing a project, you'd like to be known for it. Uh, but you're right. You know, it's a good question, actually. You know, take your ego out of it. it, it if it's a great project, 
doesn't have to have your name on it, right? It's the impact of the project. I think it's an extension of of what I do in uh, in the business world. How great would it be to solve some of these problems at a societal level um, where you're getting better communities to work better together, uh, people to understand each other better? You know, uh, all these things that I get the honor of trying to help businesses with without being a politician, how could I, I apply these to helping society and just just get on uh, creating those uh, connections uh, with different human beings that maybe currently see things di- differently and not eye to eye uh, so that you can make the world a little bit of a better place. Cool. That is actually pretty cool because we have a lot of problems in this world. <laughs> I think control is the problem, right? Ego is also a problem. And always have to be number one is also a problem. I mean, it's one thing to be competitive. It's another that's like, I'm going to just eliminate everyone because I just want to be me number one. Mm. And that's why we have wars, right? That's why we have, I mean, it's one thing to have cybercrime and cyber wars. And it's another to literally obliterate a human race, right? It's craziness how we're still living in that kind of world. And I thought I would never see it where there's going to be another war like that. But now we're still living it and it's still happening and it's still existing. Economic wise, London is also having issues with that. And it's craziness how the world is just going there. So I would love for the world to just say, listen, Okay, it's kind of quiet now. That's where I want it to be. (laughs) Just Mm. calm down, right? Check yourself a little bit. And I'm glad that you want to do that. What kind of specific problems would you like to solve if you had given the chance? Well, I mean, uh, you know, my 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 roots, my background. I'm uh, I come from a very uh, unfortunately conflict laden area part of the world. You know, my family are Palestinian, and that's seen a, a a war for 70 plus years. And hey, I'd love to contribute to making that a little bit easier a little bit better because i've seen firsthand how both sides suffer uh, Mm -hmm. and you know like you said it's unbelievable to think that this hostility can go on for over 70 years you know multiple generations uh, and there's when there's absolutely no need for these sort of things and how much benefit both sides would get from fixing something like that yeah and you would think okay why did you actually start the war like i i just want to know like why Right. And you're like, because the at the end of the day, the root cause is you're different than me. Therefore, I don't like you. There, yeah. I mean, really, what? Is, why? Why? Right. Because you're different. OK. And it's just that control. A lot of people and issues right now with the hijab and, and the lady who died. Right. And they're revolting and women are revolting in there. It's it, and I still can't believe I'm in this world right now, leaving my kids with this type of like archaic thoughts and thinking and culture, but it is very strong in certain cultures and there's still masculinism that happens. And and it's amazing how business leaders need to think above and beyond that when they're hiring people. Not think about the color of your skin, but think about the skills that you can bring, right? And I'm glad that we're talking in this diversity, you know, equity and inclusion because really I don't care if you're purple or red, so long as you can do the job and do the job happily and wanting to motivate people that's where i want to be now i want to end my questions with his holiness the dalai lama i watched the interview with him about about four months ago maybe okay he says change begins within you use Mm. compassion to change your world 
and ultimately our world. So Ferris, how do you hope to change the world? You know, I wholly uh, advocate and support that statement. So look after your own backyard is what I say, right? Make small changes around you, improve the lives of the people around you and your own life. And like I said before, see the multiplier effect. So that's, that's the change I hope to bring to the world. Awesome. Now, do you have any last added value that you would like to add to this podcast that people would want to say, okay, I remember Ferris interview. He was so amazing. <laughs> what kind of things can I learn from him? Uh, I mean, hey, it's, uh, you, you know, you can learn from everybody around you. So the, the number one thing I say to everyone out there is stay curious, ask more questions, you know, unleash the inner five-year-old in you. Uh, doesn't matter how silly the question, um, doesn't matter every little barrier you can break down, both through yourself or the person next to you it is adding something to the world. So go forth and be curious. I love that. Curiosity does not kill this cat. Okay. It does not. It does not. Makes this cat better. Uh, Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate having you here. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me and inviting me. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at leveluppbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time. (laughs) 